Hey, Urban Farm Podcast listeners. If you're as passionate about preserving the bounty of each season as we are, hey, I canned my first peaches at the age of 18, and that was a long time ago, then you're going to love what our friends over at Denali Canning have in store for you. They're on a mission to spread the love and knowledge of food preservation, and they're inviting you to join the journey for free. Right now, Denali Canning is offering free canning lids to anyone who wants to dive deeper into the world of food preservation. Yes, you heard that right, absolutely free. It's the perfect opportunity for both seasoned canners and those curious about starting. Denali is about quality, reliability, and supporting the canning community, ensuring that you get the best results every time you preserve. So why not give it a try? Visit DenaliCanning.com forward slash free to claim your free lids and start your preserving adventures today. That's DenaliCanning.com forward slash free. Do you want to save money at the grocery store, eat more organic, whole foods, cultivate food security, and feel more connected to the earth? If so, then growing your own food is a no-brainer. You wouldn't believe how many people come to me claiming that they can't grow their own food. They think they don't have enough space, that they're too busy, or that they simply don't have what it takes. Perhaps you've fallen for one of these gardening myths. If you think you can't grow food, or if you think the only food that you have access to is what you buy in the grocery store, I have a life-changing webinar that you need to see. It's free and will help you unearth your inner gardener. I've helped thousands of people just like you learn to grow their own food, and I'm speaking from my own experience when I say that with the right knowledge in place, there is no such thing as a black thumb. With this webinar, you can begin making your garden dreams come true and start growing delicious, nutritious food for your family. Just text GARDEN to 44222 or go to IWantToGarden.com and you will receive our free webinar about the seven key factors you need to know to grow your own food. Remember, that's GARDEN to 44222 or IWantToGarden.com. You're listening to the Urban Farm Podcast, your partner in the grow your own food revolution. Whether you've just been introduced to urban farming or you're a lifelong advocate, we're sure you'll leave feeling more informed, equipped, and empowered to dig deeper into the soil of your local food economy. With you every step of the way, here's your host, Greg Peterson. Today on the Urban Farm Podcast, we have Molly Cole of Our Little Acre Farm to talk about her experience with starting her farm in Spokane, Washington. Molly comes from a long line of farmers in Washington State. She grew up on a farm with chickens, cows, pigs, and the occasional turkey. Molly now has two boys and her own acre in Spokane where she raises chickens, honeybees, and of course, fruits and veggies. She's just getting started and hopes to transform her property into a working, thriving educational farm where she can teach her family and others how to grow their own food. Welcome to the show today, Molly. Hi, how are you? Fantastic. Thanks for being here. Thank you. So I shared a bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path you took to get where you're at today? Uh, Sure. As you said, I grew up on a farm. Um, My parents are farmers. Um... 
My father grew up in a farm family, and we actually started in the city and then saved enough, and he moved the whole family out to the farm. I have uh, four sisters and a brother, so quite a bit of children. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so we, my dad farmed hay, mostly wheat, lentils, things like that, mostly monocrops, um, and then we kind of stuck around the house and did the cows, not for dairy, but we did beef. Uh, beef raising cows and chickens and that kind of thing. So I had a really good childhood, brought up in a um, really great home and outside all the time. And I think that kind of solidified my love for outdoors and creating my own food and um, and that kind of thing. So a little later in life, I went to college at WSU. I actually made it in music. So I, you know, I did what every teenager did and didn't want to do anything that my parents did. I didn't want uh-huh. nothing to do with the farm. Right. <laughs> I was going to be a big rock star. Obviously, that didn't really work out. I still did go to school, but um, ended up, I sell beer and wine now for a living, which has nothing to do with music, but it does allow me um, more free time at home. So after some uh, career searching and some just personal going through a marriage, going through a divorce kind of thing, I finally found the right one, and we bought a house in Spokane that happened to have an acre and we're kind of slowly turning it into um, a farm. So pretty fun. Fantastic. So you said you uh, sell beer and wine right now. Is that in addition, that's in addition to running your farm? Yes, that's what I would love to to do the farm instead. I'm kind of transitioning, but it actually kind of sparked my interest. We I do a lot of brewery and winery tours. Uh-huh. Um, it's really interesting to see the grapes and the hops. Hops are really interesting to me. We grow hops at our house and grapes, so um, that kind of sparked my interest. And you know, if I can make my own beer and I can maybe make something else my own self, so uh, that's where I kind of got that started. Well, it, it, you know, it's interesting because for hundreds of years, farmers have been farmers and so it's not yes. all that it's not all that unusual that you're doing an and to your farm. Right. Yeah. I think we all wish we could do just the farming. But I mean, especially since I'm just starting, it's just not, a, you know, it's not good for me to do just one at the moment. Not possible. So. Yeah. My sweetie and I were talking this morning about um, our next move and we're, you know, we're looking at where to go next and she was talking about you know this big farm and doing all this stuff and I kind of looked at her because I'm 55 years old and I kind of looked at her and I said <laughs> uh, when we get there I was hoping just to garden <laughs> you know? just, yeah that's great <laughs> yeah just grow our own food so mm-hmm. tell me about your farm yeah like I said we just kind of started um, the gardening side, but when we bought the house, it had an old beehive there. There were no bees in it, but it was just an old beehive. It was all broken. Uh-huh. And I tried to sell it because I was like, I don't want anything to do with this, and nobody would buy it. So um, <laughs> I, and fiance, he's, he's a city boy. And so he's like, well, I don't know what to do with it. And I kind of decided, I'm like, well, I saw an ad for a beekeeper's course in Washington State. You have to complete a course and get a certificate, certification to have bees. Oh, interesting. So I, yeah, so I did the course, and it actually like completely sparked my interest. It was something I really wanted to do, so I went ahead and luckily I have really good support with my fiancé, and he helped me completely rebuild all the hives, build me like three or four more hives, <laughs> and tables to put them on and stuff, and then I did the class, met some great people, showed me how to get the bees, and 
all that. So now I have um, five hives right now, and I'm probably going to have six or seven this weekend because I have to split a couple. But that's just been one of the coolest things I've done. I My two the two kids, one's 10 and one's six, and it's the coolest thing. They've got their little bee suits, and they can get right in there and see the oh, eggs and the larvae. Nice. Yeah, so that's been cool. And I've gone to a couple classrooms and done talks on the bees. So this isn't something I'm really really like to do so that's kind of where the farming started and grew from there so what else you you have an acre Mm -hmm. and what else are you growing um well we have the chickens i have uh, 11 hens right now i've just started laying there's three three that are laying so everybody loves to go out and see if there's any eggs oh yeah exactly (laughs) so we do that and then i do have quite a big garden back there um we live in an area that's very very rocky like to the point where you can't get a shovel in the ground oh my gosh so yeah after listening to lots of your um podcasts and stuff we've done i did call the tree people and they uh, dropped a bunch of wood chips oh yay good for you (laughs) yeah we did that and then he um he built me some raised beds back there too because we can't really turn the soil very well so we did we have compost set up back there and um I'm slowly taking over the yard, trying to convince. <laughs> He's a city guy, and he loves the yard, so I'm trying to slowly kind of <laughs> get rid of the grass. <laughs> so we do have some fruit trees, pear, peaches, apricots, cherries. I try to get my hands on a fruit tree whenever I can. So, uh-huh. yeah, we do the grapes and the hops, too, as well, and lots of raspberries and um, just the basic lettuces, squash, corn, pumpkins, that kind of thing. So Nice. So what is your intent for your farm? In the in the bio, was, it mentioned education. So tell me about that. Yeah, I was actually a preschool teacher when I went to college, believe it or not. It was just a random job I had, and it was really cool. Um, I really love being able to inspire other people to do something great, and I really have a song with the bees. Um, it's a huge education thing because... We have a problem now, about 40% of the beehives nationwide didn't make it through the winter. We have, oh I'm sure gosh. you've heard of, yeah. yeah, the mites and the colony collapse disorder that's going on. They don't know why. Um, a lot of it, they think, is from pesticides. So, you know, really educating people. And when you, when you spray that Roundup, if you have to spray the Roundup, you know, do it at night before the bees will go out and, mm. you know, mm-hmm. use vinegar, use other things because those bees are bringing it back and they aren't surviving. So big group education on that is huge and then I found just with neighbors and local people um, our cherry tree just goes crazy now that we have bees and oh, yeah. you know our farm just is our fruit and vegetables will grow better than our neighbors you know 20 miles away because we have the bees and they just do such great great things for the community so eventually I would love to do a book maybe um, just invite people to the farm to to learn to garden, grow their own food, and the beekeeping also is a huge, a huge deal for me too. So nice. Yeah. So one of the things I hear in your speaking is that it's great to have a partner that supports you. It's a huge, huge thing. Yes. <laughs> so tell me about that. You know, like half the population of America, um, I have been divorced before, and uh-huh. um, so I learned that lesson, and I very much appreci- can see the appreciation now in having that. I just turned 30 years old and I'm at a point where, you know, I want to make sure I'm in the right uh, career and the right family setup. And um, I have someone who just, 
you know, he fights me on things like, you know, stop taking my yard. I like my grass. Uh-huh. <laughs> At the same time, you know, when I come in the house with fresh eggs or <laughs> I tell him, you know, the honey, the honey's ready to spin. Let's go. Let's go get some honey. Uh, the spinner working. Let's spin some honey out. And he really enjoys it. And he's very supportive. Um, built me my chicken coop just like I wanted it and everything and doesn't get upset when I bring home an, an extra hen. So um, it's really great to have that person on your side even if they don't really know what they're doing yet but he's yeah. uh that's one of my greatest thankfulness in my life is having that so yeah so what goals do you have for your new business our little acre farm um well first i just want to um start hitting some local farmers markets um kind of get my name out there and see where it goes i uh, really like i mentioned before i really want to make this a career, mm-hmm. um, at least something that will keep us afloat. So it's something I'm really passionate about and I really want to do more of than I have time for at the moment. So I just really want to get my name out there, start doing the farmer's markets. The good thing about my job now is I'm a traveling salesman, so I can put an ad out saying, hey, I'll be in this area and I'm bringing raspberry starts. How many would you want? <laughs> oh, have nice. A couple, hundred, yeah, a couple hundred raspberry starts in the back of my car when I'm when I'm out selling wine <laughs> some days. So um, it's getting to the point where I can can make some money, but um, it'd be really nice to just kind of start going down that road. And um, I'd really like to do a book at some point too, as you know, finding the time for that's a little <laughs> difficult. <laughs> uh, I'm sure, especially with two kids, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you said something a moment ago that it was like, whoa, hold on here, time out. I want to talk about that. And that's, okay. you have raspberry starts in your trunk. Yes, we up here in this area, raspberries are just plentiful. Um, uh-huh. And we have one box of them, and it gives us gallons and gallons of raspberry all summer. They're ever bearing, they keep blooming. Mm-hmm. And the bees just love them, so oh, they that. pollinate them even more. Yes. Anyway, they send out shooters, they multiply double, triple. Um, in spring, and they are just, they pop up all over this huge garden, just everywhere. So. <laughs> I dig them all up and I, I put them in paper bags and I fill them in my trunk and I <laughs> put an ad up on uh, Facebook or Craigslist and I uh-huh. say, I'm coming your way and, and lots of people will meet me there and, and buy them. So, How yeah. cool is that? <laughs> so you don't really have to do anything. You just bare root them out of the ground and deliver them that yep. way. Yep. And I, you know, I only dig them that day, so it's not like they're hanging out for days, but they do pretty well as long as they plant them right away. Yeah. So, yep. Fantastic. So what is the most rewarding thing about farming for you? For me, it's just uh, my family, being able to do it with my family. It's something, you know, everybody has, most people have a job where they leave the family, go to work, come home. Uh And uh, being a mom of young kids especially, it's really nice to come home and, you know, it's not, we're not going to sit and watch TV all night. We're going to go see what's in the garden. You know, let's yeah. go see what the bees need today. What do, let's go feed the chickens and check for eggs. So it's nice to see that excitement and be able to do things together. Cool. So besides the bees, what other kind of livestock do you have in your yard? Um, just the chickens and the bees at the moment. Um, we've I've heard a couple podcasts of yours on the goats. So oh, yes. that might be the next. I've kind of been prodding a little bit. We'll see what happens on that. <laughs> so, and the boys, our neighbors have horses that are um, adjacent uh, to our property, so we pretty much um, can see those whenever. And 
Um, we had turkeys when I was younger, and I don't really want to deal with turkeys again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. turkeys, are, turkeys are challenging, plus then you have yes. to uh, butcher them. and Exactly. And yeah. the pigs, we had pigs and beef cattle growing up, too. And I just don't think I'm quite ready for the larger animal butchering <laughs> yet. Yeah. So yeah. definitely in the future, but not at the moment. Well, I'll tell you, it's a it's a process. I've I've raised meat birds, meat chickens here at the urban farm, and mm-hmm. you know it's a process to get prepared for butchering something. Do you remember that from when you were a kid? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. We've had, like I mentioned, we have lots of kids in our family. And that was, you know, we had to help with that, and we knew that those animals weren't going to be there in the fall. You know, so it was. Uh, I'm an animal lover. I named every animal, and I had a hard time with it when I was young, and I'm sure I'll probably have to get over it when I'm an adult. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you have to go there, you know, I yeah. I raised 25 over about four years. I've raised 20, 25 uh, meat hens here at oh, the urban yeah. farm and butchered them myself all the way from uh, chick to plate. And wow, I much appreciate now organic, uh, you know, free range chicken. And paying for yes. it, I, you know, I'll pay $25 for a bird because I know what it takes to do it. Exactly. You know? Yeah. That's so, great. So can you talk about a time you failed, how you overcame that failure and what you learned from it? Sure. I haven't had too many failures farming yet. Cross my fingers. I'm sure it's coming. This one I can talk about that's just happening right now. I do... Uh, swarm catching for people. I catch swarms of bees that oh, wow. go rogue or that land in your yard or try to make a home in your barn or whatnot. So I got this swarm. It was relatively easy. And I just trapped them. You can trap them in different ways with different scents in an, in an empty box and put it out in the field. Uh-huh. And, uh, so I got that and brought it home. And I usually don't wear a mask or gloves on my bees because they're very nice and they don't bug me. And I'm heavily allergic and my fiance, as I mentioned before, was watching me. He videotaped it because I like to keep track. And he, you know, told me better put your stuff on. And I was like, Oh no, no problem, <laughs> no time. And of course, as soon as I opened the lid, I got a sting to the face and one oh. to the back of the head. It got stuck in my the bee was stuck in my hair. And I was running around the yard trying to get it out, and uh-huh. he had to hold me down and pull the stingers out. And <laughs> so, out. You know, I was just kind of remembering the safety to it. I'm sure I'll have lots of failures on the farm. I just um, I'm a first year right now, and I'm I'm really trying to figure out what grows where. Yeah. I've already had a couple watermelon seedlings die on me, so I, I know I can't put them where I have them. But, <laughs> uh, things like that. So yeah, yeah. So yeah. so what's your takeaway from the bee thing? Well, I definitely wear a mask and gloves every time now, <laughs> no matter what's going on. Bees are testy. If it's cloudy, they will come at you. If they don't like your smell, they'll come at you. I mean, it's just. It's not worth the risk anymore for yeah. me. I paid for it for about a week of pain in my face. Oh, so. I'll bet. I'll bet. <laughs> yeah. So what do you consider your biggest success? My biggest success is definitely having the, um, the kids um, just, it was the coolest thing. I went to my son's school to, to show the bees to the kids and he was just so excited. And that's my mom and she does <laughs> bees and bees are so cool. And it was just so awesome to see the kids really kind of love the land and love um, the animals like I do. You know, my parents probably wanted that for me, and it took me a while to figure it out. (laughs) But it's so nice to have them involved and have all the gear. They have their bee suits and their gloves, and they're out there with me right next to me doing all of it with me. So I'm hoping to have them at the farmer's markets with me so they can understand, you know, where the money comes from and that kind of thing. So that's probably my best 
definitely my biggest success is, is my family. So Kari Spencer, she's my uh, business partner over at Grow Phoenix, and she teaches a lot here at the uh, at Urban Farm U. Um, one mm-hmm. of the one of the things that she has her kids do is uh, save and package seeds. Oh yeah. You know so. There's lots of opportunities for kids on a farm to do something and, you know, make a little income here and there. Oh, yeah, that's definitely. And they they help me out there. Like right now, the only thing that we're able to kind of harvest is the raspberry starts. So they're out there with me, definitely. And pretty soon it's going to be cherry time. The cherries are turning pink right now. So oh, that's, nice. That's next. <laughs> so you get a lot of cherries? We get a lot. Yeah, we usually can't eat them. So this year we're going to pick them in. I've kind of looked into a couple of things of drying them or freezing them to kind of preserve them a little better. Uh-huh. So we're gonna we're gonna work on that this uh, this coming month. Probably they should be on pretty soon. So yeah, yeah it's always important yeah. I found to have a system in place to yeah. to manage what's coming. Otherwise, you know, you end up with a hundred pounds of peaches <laughs> and you didn't you know you didn't know what to do with them, so they rotted. Exactly, and that's yeah. that's the worst part. Yeah, I don't want to lose any of it. So. Yep, we just um, post on Facebook what's coming, what's going on on the farm. Lots of my friends and family watch that. And then, um, like I was saying, I have uh, customers from around the area that watch that as well. So when they are, when they're ready, we can post it on there. And then also we like to share with our, with our family as well. Nice. Nice. So what drives you? What drives me? Right now, it's just trying to make something new um uh like i said before i want to be able to do this as a living so now i'm just trying to figure out how i can do that uh-huh. um without spending all my paycheck on oh. fruit trees so yeah that's what i'm trying to do now is just i'm trying to be able to to keep my family fed and also keep them intrigued and educated on what's going on and also kind of figure out what's new and what we can do um we've only been in this house for a year so there's a lot of <laughs> ideas going around the family like what can we put here and what can we put there and the boys want a playhouse and you know that kind of thing so yeah just kind of looking towards the future and seeing what I can do with the with the opportunity that I have yeah perfect so I'm all about education and I have to know what book has been most influential for you in your life like I said when I first started with the farm thing it was the bee so the beekeepers bible uh, I think it was Richard Jones and a couple other people wrote that book um, there's a basic, well, it's not really basic, it's very detailed, but for a basic beekeeper, it gives you all kinds of, of ins and outs of beekeeping. Um, I'm a huge, um, my age of people is really computer um, technology, so I'm oh, yeah. a huge podcast, yeah, a podcast person, so I listen to tons of podcasts, and that's how I kind of learned about bees mostly in the first place, so... I think that's just a huge, a huge opportunity for people too that may not have time to read or whatnot. So that's where I learned most of it too. Is they have many beekeeping podcasts and obviously your podcast and other gardening podcasts from all over the world. So it's really interesting. Um, you get a lot of information that way too. Cool. Tell me about one of the podcasts, one of your favorite gardening podcasts. Um, oh, besides yours, the Beekeepers Backyard Beekeepers, I believe it is, um, is great. There's a couple other ones, too, that are really good. But that one's really awesome. Um, the Kiwi Mana Buzz Beekeeping Podcast. They're out of New Zealand, which you think would be kind of weird because oh, they're not nice. from up here. Right. <laughs> but uh, they also deal with a lot of stuff that we deal with. And um, the Beekeeper's Corner Podcast from New Jersey. And they're kind of far from me, but they're kind of northern-ish. So we get a lot of the same mm-hmm. um, problems 
that the north has rather than the south is bees and gardening so yeah nice so what one final piece of advice do you have for our listeners i mean everybody says just do it but um that's a great one and i just I just think it's, even if you just have a small yard or, I mean, I see lots of people with apartments and, you know, they just, we don't have room, we don't have space to do anything. Um, I've seen people put beehives up on top of their apartment buildings with the owner's permission and stuff. And that's just, it's so cool what you can do with whatever you're given. You know, you can have a tiny yard or a big yard or a million acres and you can really do something cool with it, whether it be bees or a couple chickens or a couple pots with some vegetables in it you know, any of those kind of things, just to be able to take care of yourself and feed yourself from your own yard, I think is a really great lesson that a lot of people I know my age don't even have on their radar right now. So that idea of just kind of preparing and providing for your own family, I think is really great. So one of the things that I I wanted to ask you when I was remiss, so you keep bees, how much honey do you get? And how do you process that? Yeah, um, the honey yield really is so dependent on so many things. Um, I haven't gotten it yet this season, but I'm actually going to probably spin out a few frames this weekend. And a frame, it just depends on how much is in there. But the bees really produce based on the, the temperature and the area they're in. Um, we've got a lady in our beekeepers group that lives next to a, a city park that's very well maintained. Oh, nice. And her bees, her bees would blow up. Um, she gets gallons and gallons and gallons and gallons of honey every year. And then we have people who are out in the middle of a farm, which you think would do well, but they're surrounded by monocrops, like, oh, yes. like wheat and corn, and there's no nectar there. There's no flowers, and those bees barely will survive the winter. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're kind of in the middle there. We're kind of in the middle of a rural and city, so we are doing pretty well. I haven't been able to bottle enough to, to sell or anything yet. Um, you definitely want to feed your bees first, so... Oh, we'll yeah. see how I how I do, but yeah, you put it in an extra. And there's different ways to do it. But an extractor is a big silver cylinder, and it has a basket in it, and it just spins really fast. And it kind of throws the honey out, and then it comes down into a little nozzle, and you put it in a bottle, and that's it. So oh. um, you don't heat it up or anything like that, and it's ready to go. Wow, cool. Well, yeah, it's really cool. <laughs> thank, thank you so much for joining us on the show and sharing your experience with us today, Molly. It's been a treat chatting with you. Thank you. You too. Absolutely. So how can our listeners get a hold of you? Yeah, we're just have a Little Acre Farm Facebook. It's just our Little Acre Farm on Facebook. You can search it. It comes right up. and Or you can email at ourlittleacrefarm at gmail.com. And those are the best ways to find me. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for joining us on the Urban Farm Podcast. Do you want to save money at the grocery store, eat more organic whole foods, cultivate food security, and feel more connected to the earth? If so, then growing your own food is a no-brainer. You wouldn't believe how many people come to me claiming that they can't grow their own food. They think they don't have enough space, that they're too busy, or that they simply don't have what it takes. Perhaps you've fallen for one of these gardening myths. If you think you can't grow food, or if you think the only food that you have access to is what you buy in the grocery store, I have a life-changing webinar that you need to see. It's free and will help you unearth your inner gardener. I've helped thousands of people just like you learn to grow their own food, 
And I'm speaking from my own experience when I say that with the right knowledge in place, there is no such thing as a black thumb. With this webinar, you can begin making your garden dreams come true and start growing delicious, nutritious food for your family. Just text GARDEN to 44222 or go to IWantToGarden.com and you will receive our free webinar about the seven key factors you need to know to grow your own food. Remember, that's GARDEN to 44222 or IWantToGarden.com. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen three days a week for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams. Hey, Urban Farm Podcast listeners. If you're as passionate about preserving the bounty of each season as we are, hey, I canned my first peaches at the age of 18, and that was a long time ago, then you're going to love what our friends over at Denali Canning have in store for you. They're on a mission to spread the love and knowledge of food preservation, and they're inviting you to join the journey for free. Right now, Denali Canning is offering free canning lids to anyone who wants to dive deeper into the world of food preservation. Yes, you heard that right, absolutely free. It's the perfect opportunity for both seasoned canners and those curious about starting. Denali is about quality, reliability, and supporting the canning community, ensuring that you get the best results every time you preserve. So why not give it a try? Visit DenaliCanning.com forward slash free to claim your free lids and start your preserving adventures today. That's DenaliCanning.com forward slash free.